Welcome, everyone, to the PFF Fantasy Football Awards show podcast extravaganza spectacular of 2024, uh, reviewing the year of 2023. It might be a working title, but I am your host, John Macri, fantasy analyst here at PFF. And with the end of week 17 also being the conclusion of fantasy football leagues for most people, uh, it's time to embrace the offseason. And the best way to start that off is with some season in review type content, um, beginning with uh, doling out some awards to our deserving fantasy players who hopefully helped us bring home an award of our own, the most important award of them all, a fantasy football championship um, and with it being award season, we get an added award for you, the listeners, being because joining me to help uh, decide on the most deserving players for each award, the person who helped me preview every week of the regular season to get you good folks ready for those fantasy football battles, the legendary Kate Majuk is back. Kate, happy new year, and I hope your season finished strong. How are you doing? I'm doing good. We're uh, looking back on a very memorable season here. We had a lot of injuries. We had a lot of breakouts. We had a lot of disappointments. We're going to highlight them all here for the listeners and just kind of pack it all in. Everybody needs closure, win or loss. Let's take this season, put a bow on it. And, and before we head into what I'm sure will be a absolutely wild off season. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The off season is always fun. Um, We'll have free agency and draft coverage and and all that kind of stuff throughout the off season. But yeah, now it's nice, a nice time to, like you said, give closure on the season, put a bow on it, wrap it up. um, However you want to say it, it's, it's a good time to do that. So yeah, we'll start with, uh, with some awards. We got, I think eight awards to hand out um, and then we'll have some runner ups in there uh, as well. And and they're mostly positive awards. We do have one that um, skews slightly negative because it can't all be sunshine and rainbows. We, know uh, fantasy football doesn't work that way so we'll get into it here in just a sec but first as always i want to give a shout out to our presenting sponsor fabric by gerber life as a parent you've had to learn so many new skills to provide for your family how to do copious amounts of laundry meal plan for even the pickiest eater and now how to protect your family's financial future fabric by gerber life provides an easy one-stop shop for your family's financial needs offering high quality term life insurance policies in less than 10 minutes fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply when it's convenient for you it's all online and on your schedule you can go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required join the thousands of parents who trust fabric to protect their family apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash fantasy that's meetfabric.com slash fantasy m-e-e-t fabric.com slash fantasy policies issued by western southern life insurance company not available in certain states prices subject to underwriting and health questions all right let's get this show on the road and we'll start with the big one the the fantasy mvp of 2023 uh and i know most award shows save you know the top award until last but but not us we're, we're switching it up here uh since there really shouldn't be much suspense for this one uh as the winner is fairly obvious um, for the most part but um it, it's going to be the, the the player who was the most consistent throughout the year delivering high-end fantasy performances and providing the greatest points per game at edge over his peers in 2023 at least that's how i described it but kate we'll see if we have the same pick here who was your 2023 fantasy football mvp it's christian no it's not it's not christian mccaffrey it is running back kyron williams the los angeles rams who he wasn't just a league winner we'll get into that he's gonna win multiple awards in this podcast fyi uh but you know this was a a waiver wire hero. He started out the season playing behind 
Cam Akers, who was the presumed starter, Cam Akers struggled out of the gate and boom, Kyron Williams locked up the starting spot. Now, I know Christian McCaffrey is obviously an MVP, right? But you look at A, the expectations, you look at B, the fact that you were able to get Kyron Williams on the waiver wire. You look at C, the production. He finishes the overall RB for the season, despite missing four games due to injury hmm. in 12 games, 1,350 scrimmagers, 15 touchdowns. Again, overall RB4, despite missing four games. Not That's total scoring, not fantasy points per game. His 90.2 rushing grade ranked fifth among running backs on the season. He finished top 10 averaging a minimum 100 rush attempts, average five yards per carry, 3.3 yards after contact per attempt. Uh, one of the lowest stuff rates in that cohort, 26 explosive runs. Like he averaged almost 20 fantasy points per game. And let me tell you the tiebreaker here between Kyron Williams and my good friend, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Kyron Williams won you a fantasy championship while Christian McCaffrey, unfortunately suffered a, McCaff injury and didn't get to play the whole game. So yeah, I'm going to go with Kyron Williams, whose performance not just got me through the season, didn't just save my season because hello, I could have had both Kyron Williams and Christian McCaffrey on my roster if I played my cards right. But I also like, I, I can't ignore the fact that when I needed him most, he was there. I love that. Yeah, that that that's a great call. Um, I Kyron Williams, like you said, he's definitely in the running for multiple awards this year. Just an amazing season. And so we're, we're going to talk about him again here. But I do love the pick, especially him coming through in week 17, like you said, um, where McCaffrey did not. And I did put Christian McCaffrey as my my MVP. I mean, consensus like top three pick this season by ADP heading into the year. Definitely delivered on the investment as well by scoring more fantasy points than any other player um, by a significant margin, um, over 20 more fantasy points than the next closest player which was josh allen a quarterback um did appear in all 16 games this season 24 and a half full ppr points per game which was 3.2 more than the next closest running back which was kyron williams um who, who was like you said just in 12 games this year he also was a, a elite but um yeah not only did mccaffrey deliver on his high adp but he also led all scorers in full ppr for the year delivered 21 total touchdowns on the season had the second most total fantasy points from week 15 to 17 during the fantasy playoffs despite leaving week 17 with the calf injury like you said or a mccaffrey free injury um brilliant love that uh and then yeah no no other player at any position held even more than a one ppr point per game advantage over the next closest score at their position well mccaffrey did so by over three points per game and just over 120 122 ppr points more than the next closest running back as well just a massive gap there um with travis Etienne being the rb2 so yeah for me whether it was full ppr half PPR, non PPR, um, Christian McCaffrey was, was my 2023, uh, fantasy MVP, but, uh, yeah, hard not to put Kyron Williams in there. He was absolutely on my runners up list as well as, uh, CD lamb, Tyreek Hill, even Raheem Mostert, another one of those guys that, uh, didn't appear in the championship game, but, um, all guys that I think are deserving. Who else uh, did you have up on, on your, your runners up list? Was there anybody else other than McCaffrey? No, McCaffrey, CD Lamb, those are my those are yeah. my top guys. Uh, obviously, you have to talk about Tyreek Hill, but 
those are the obvious ones. I I, I want to I want to dig a little bit deeper. Um, and speaking of deeper, this guy was as deep as you could get. Uh, maybe not in the the NFL draft. He wasn't that deep in the NFL draft, but boy, uh, was he deep in the pre-draft rankings. I don't know of anybody that drafted this guy here that we're about to talk about for our rookie of the year. I he yeah. was he was a hero. Let's talk about it. Rookie of yes. the year. Yes, yes. Let's get into rookie of the year. So obviously, um, this is an award given to the first year player who performed above and beyond expectations of a rookie, delivering an MVP-like performance in their own right. Um, definitely several worthy candidates here, um, but can only take home, only one can take home this specific award. So, um, Kate, your rookie of the year. I feel like uh, I'll let you start with this one because um, you gave such a nice intro here um, for the player <laughs> specifically. Go ahead. In case I didn't give it away with that intro to the the award, it has to be tight end Sam Laporta, who, you know, just. A, he was, uh, like I said, not drafted really anywhere. But John, he was literally the most productive rookie tight end ever in fantasy yes. football. This season was absolutely incredible. And I think, you know, the Lions team in general was one that was kind of hard to suss out because there were so many different playmakers that you could go with. There were, you know, obviously there was a lot of hype with uh, Jameer Gibbs. There was a lot of hype with Amonor St. Brown, uh, Jamison Williams. What was he going to do? You know, when he came back from his suspect, like what, what was the season going to look like in its entirety with the number of weapons? And I don't think anybody expected that a lot of that would run through rookie tight end, Sam Laporta, who just, literally put on a record record breaking rookie season at the tight end position. And man, if he does this as a rookie, what is to come and how early do we have to draft him next year? Yeah, it's exciting, right? Like this was, like you said, this rookie class, a lot of stars in here, you know, that emerged right away in year one, but there's definitely something special about Laporta finishing as the overall PPR um, tight end one as a rookie when, especially when the general consensus for rookie tight ends has been to avoid them in fantasy football because there's such a low success rate. They take longer to come along in the NFL. Um, but now, I mean, Whenever the fantasy community is going to cite a reason to ignore that narrative, Sam Laporta is 100% going to be uh, at the top of reasons as to why you should. And he's he's definitely deserving of Rookie of the Year. He's my pick as well. I mean, finished with seven top five PPR and half PPR finishes in 2023, played every game as a rookie, immediately established himself as a fantasy option from week one as well. Um, you mentioned him not getting drafted highly in, in a lot of drafts, and it's definitely true. But if you paid attention to PFF, we were on Sam Laporta. We love Sam Laporta. I know Nick Botterford wrote him up. We talked about him on the podcast, um, wrote about Sam Laporta very early in, in his fit in the Detroit offense after the draft and how he could be uh, a tight end or a, a relevant fantasy option right away in year one but nobody expected this this was a massive performance um for for sam laporta and yeah definitely deserving of the rookie of the year so um yeah i am 100 percent with you on this one and i was definitely tempted um to go puka nakua to go jameer gibbs Go even CJ Stroud. I went back and forth with all these guys, but I mean, we talked about it. Sam Laporta finishing as tight end one as a rookie is just uh, pretty legendary. So that those were my other runner runners up. But um, anybody else that that you had that deserves an honorable mention here? No, I think those 
pretty much cover it. Maybe, maybe Tank Dell, who was one of my biggest yeah. surprises. Like it, it's it's kind of hard to to downplay, especially what Tank Dell did in the context of not just fantasy football, but like real life on the field performance. Um, you know, I, I think there were so many signs that Tank Dell could be a very productive wide receiver at the next level. Obviously, one of the most productive wide receivers in his final two seasons at Houston in the NCAA. Like this was not a a question about whether or not he could produce. It was about whether or not he had the size to mm -hmm. to translate to the next level. He answered any and all questions. Like, like I want to call him the 2023 underdog rookie of the year. Is that nice. fair? I like it. Yeah, that, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, it was such a bummer to see him get hurt too, right? And I, he was somebody that I know, like we talked about on the podcast, where we were talking sleepers and stuff like that, and 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 articles and stuff. We 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 really liked Tank Dell, and would have been nice to see him play the whole season. I think you know if he if he would have, um, there there's definitely a chance that uh, he'd be higher up on on these nominees as well. But I like the call for for underdog rookie of the year. Um, that's a good one for sure. <laughs> Um, all right, let's go to the next award on the list, and it is the 2023 Waiver Wire Edition of the Year. So this is an award that will be given to the player who was rostered in, I mean, really like far less than 50% of leagues at the start of the year and then became one of the highly coveted picks pickups of the week when they emerged and then sustained that value throughout the year. So definitely quite a few worthy candidates for this one as well, but I went with Pukunakua of the Los Angeles Rams. Um, I mean, it was a really small segment of the fantasy community that was in on the potential of Nakua before week one. But I think even the most optimistic of the bunch would be lying if they told you that his rookie season um, was th that he had was in his range of outcomes. I mean, it started with a combined 33 targets over his first two games of the year. Um, and I know that was with Cooper Cup on injured reserve to start the season, but he stepped in, did an uncanny Cooper Cup impression, dominated the Rams target share, posted some huge fantasy performance this is throughout those first four weeks. Um, I think before waivers ran prior to week two, he was rostered in just 2.3% of ESPN fantasy leagues um, until that number soared well beyond 50% and only climbed to um, before he was basically unavailable in all leagues in just a few short weeks. Um, and then even when Cooper Cup returned, Nakua continued his impressive rookie season, finished with 14 145 receiving yards, five touchdowns, 101 receptions through 17 weeks, finished as the PPR wide receiver seven in points per game and wide receiver five overall. Um, this guy was a 2023 fifth round pick out of BYU immediately made himself a top dynasty target elite 2023 fantasy asset all season long for those um, who were able to add him off waiver wires for um, the cost of nothing more than an, a mouse click, which we love to see. Um, so yeah, Puka Nakua is my uh, waiver wire ad of the year. How about you? I love the pick. I think Puka Nakua is like the one B to my one a who I already hinted it's Kyron yeah. Williams. Like I, I cannot deny what Kyron Williams did in terms of his steadiness as a producer. Obviously, Pukunuku had a couple of up and up and down weeks, right? Uh, still a league winner, of course, but Kyron Williams, the the steadiness of that production, when he was on the field, he was producing. Um, so I got to give my flowers to Kyron Williams for all of the same reasons that he is my fantasy MVP for the season. Uh, like I said, Pukunuku, my 1B, to Kyron Williams as one a 
Uh, also Sam Laporta, who again, for yeah. all the same reasons, um, you know, he was a waiver wire ad who literally finished as the tight end one as a rookie. That is pretty hard to beat. And when you can find consistency at the tight end position, boy, that, that can win you an entire league in and of itself, especially uh, even if you find like, you know, a tight end, like a, a mid range tight end one on the waiver wire, that's pretty clutch. You find the tight end one overall on the <laughs> waiver wire. That is as clutch as it can get, but yeah, Kyron Williams for me. And then the runner, the runners up are so close here. Yeah. I'm with you. I had Kyron Williams in my, my runners up as well. And I think I put the only thing I, I considered like as my tiebreaker, cause they were both like so close again was I think Williams was rostered in like 10% of leagues and Nakua was like 2%. So that was my only tiebreaker. Cause I'm with you, Kyron Williams, super valuable. And I'm definitely going to give him an award here uh, very shortly. Um, and then, yeah, I had Sam Laporta in there. I think he was rostered in like 30% of ESPN leagues after week one or something like that. So just the fact that Nakua was, was way down there below 5%. I, I just, I felt like that gave him the the slight edge for me, but hard to argue with Kyron Williams, Sam Laporta. I mean, you know, I even put Zach Moss as like an honorable mention as well. I thought that, you know, when, when he played in place of Jonathan Taylor, um, got the workload and the, and the usage that we had hoped for and some strong fantasy performances in there as well, but definitely wasn't a full year's worth of usage for Zach Moss, but still thought he was uh, worth mentioning as well for sure um all right let's go to the 2023 most improved player of the year um so this is the award uh for a player that saw the biggest jump in value from last season to this season uh delivering a high-end fantasy performance in 2023 um this player will have likely increased their points per game total by a significant margin and overall positional finish just the same so um Kate, your most improved player of 2023, who you got? I'm going to go with former second round pick tight end Trey McBride, who mm. uh, maybe tapered off just a little bit at the end of the season, but still just uh, so impressed with the the growth that we saw on the field. And I do think that moving forward, he, he very, mel- very well may be drafted as a top six tight end in 2024 fantasy leagues. Um, just such a strong performance it really carved himself out a role as the leading receiver on this offense. Um, you know, especially amid injuries to Marquise Brown, there weren't a ton of offensive weapons that this team had to, or that opposing teams had to cover. It was kind of Trey McBride or bust at the end of things. And I mean, looking at, um, you know, the, the way that he became a focal point in the offense, two games of 10, Plus receptions, he had uh, five or more receptions in, in half of his games this season. Um, I, I just so impressed at 2.08 yards per route run, saw improvements in his yards after the catch per reception, saw a monstrous jump in his PFF receiving grade, uh, had a 53.6 PFF receiving grade as a rookie, jumped up to 81.0 in his sophomore season. Um, I, I think. This is kind of only the beginning. Obviously, the team released, you know, Zach Ertz, who aging tight end. Uh, maybe we see him, uh, you know, revitalize his career in Philly. Who knows yet? But, um, you know, I think this kind of signals a, a new era for the Cardinals in terms of uh, their receiving core. You have Marquise Brown, who, correct me if I'm wrong, is on the final year of his deal. Like, Trey McBride might just be wide receiver one from here on out for this offense to the remainder of his rookie deal. 
Yeah, I love the the Trey McBride call. He's definitely in the running for me. Um, made my my uh, runners up list. Um, and yeah, like like you said, like that improvement from his rookie year because he had his opportunities as a rookie too when Zach Ertz was out and just mm-hmm. wasn't like overly efficient. Didn't have like a lot of promising underlying metrics or anything like that to to make us believe in him for 2023 and man he absolutely delivered uh in a big way when he got that opportunity again this year so i'm with you um trey mcbride a great call um and this is where i give my kyron williams award um for most improved player here um i mean like you said he's got a case for many fantasy awards this season but his jump in production obviously from 2022 where he appeared in eight games as a rookie he managed just 3.8 ppr fantasy points per game all the way to 21.3 this year is an improvement that nobody saw coming. And like you said, rarely drafted, rarely rostered heading into week one. So there's there, nobody really saw expected this big of a jump. And you look at obviously an increase in workload, but his production improved across the board as well. Um, and, and that incru- includes his efficiency rank. So you look at 2022, 3.8 points per game, like I said, was 67th among running backs. That jumped up to second among running backs. PPR points total, he only had 30 and a half PPR points uh, in 2022. That um, I, I I messed up the total there, but there is it's, it was the fourth most total. Um, and then yards per carry increase from four to five. Uh, yards after contact per, uh, per attempt increase to a top 10 number here in 2023. His rushing grade increased from 74.8 to a 90.6, which was tied for third among running backs. I mean, again, deserving of being called waiver wire edition fantasy mvp playoffs mvp there's no denying that um but in his incredible uh jump in production makes him my most improved player this season as well See, so uh john yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna stop you right there the fact that we're trying to nominate kyron williams yeah. as either a winner or runner up for all of the awards true i don't know i feel like maybe that's ind- indicative of i don't know a fantasy mvp that's a good call. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he qualifies for so many here. Um, and I'm, I think he makes his runner up again in another award coming up. So there's absolutely, uh, the case to be made just pure volume alone that he has been a star across the board here. Um, yeah, I love the call uh, for Kyron Williams as, as MVP as well. Um, all right, let's take a quick ad break from our friends at DraftKings. NFL fans, it's time to unwrap, unwrap nonstop football action this holiday season. Throw down on big matchups with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just five bucks on the NFL and score 150 instantly in bonus bets. So um, heading into week 18 here, we got a couple props that we like. And for me, I'm going to roll with the defensive props because it worked for us last week uh, when we took CJ Mosley. So I'm going to go with another tackle prop uh and that is ej speed of the indianapolis colts going over eight and a half total tackles at plus 105 going against the houston texans who are a top 10 team and yielding tackles to opposing linebackers ej speed has delivered at least 10 total tackles in three straight games playing a near every down role at 90 percent plus of snaps each week um since Shaq leonard has been released as well so ej speed over eight and a half total tackles for me against the texans lock it up how about you kate I'm actually sticking with the same game here. I'm going to go with CJ Stroud over 268 and a half pass plus rush yards. 
Look, uh, it was a little bit of a slow start for CJ Stroud out of the gate, returning from injury in week 17, but this is a must win game. They win and they're in. And I do think that they're going to put this game in the hands of rookie CJ Stroud. I don't know how much of this is going to come by way of passing touchdowns, but we know that this Indianapolis Colts secondary can be suspect. And you know what? If uh, he can't get it done on the ground, he is capable of getting it done with his legs. Uh, I, I just think this is, uh, you know, a, a moment to take advantage of. They are going to be on the road, of course, which hasn't always worked out for Stroud this season. But playing indoors in a must-win situation, I think the passing volume should be there, even if uh, maybe he doesn't have the most efficient day on the road. Lock up CJ Stroud. Uh, love, love him as a play this week. Nice. Yeah, it's a great call. Um, so yeah, download the DraftKings Sportsbook now with code PFF. New customers can bet $5 on NFL action to score 150 in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code PFF. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restriction terms and responsible gaming resources. All right, let's go to the 2023 fantasy playoffs MVP. So um, this is, I mean, weeks 15 to 17 is what we're looking at. These are arguably the most important weeks of the, the season for fantasy managers. They are the most important weeks for fantasy managers um, and a time when a small three-week stretch can make or break an entire season. Uh, this award is given to the player who consistently delivered high-end fantasy performances for all three weeks of the fantasy playoffs and ended up being the primary reason for a championship being secured once all the smoke had settled. So, Kate, your fantasy MV, fantasy playoff MVP. All right, we got to talk about C.D. Lamb, who yes. I'm just going to say, I'm going to admit, I was in three championship games. I went against him in two of them. Oh. And guess what? He crushed me. He absolutely obliterated me through my fantasy championships. He won you that clutch game. But I mean, man, like C.D. Lamb, 398 receiving yards, two touchdowns over the final three weeks, uh, 26 receptions in that span, just was so freaking dominant, I, like just in general, um, like on the field, but also translated for fantasy, which is even better. 3.4 yards per route run in that span. Um, he was volume. He was efficiency. He was literally everything you could ask for. And he was upside. He won you your league single-handedly. If you had him on your roster, boy, were you lucky this year. <laughs> Yeah, I got the exact same player. It's got to be C.D. Lamb. I mean, not only finished as the overall wide receiver one for fantasy this year, but he, he did so by saving his best performance of the year for last, which is, is just amazing. Um, started the playoff fantasy playoffs with PPR wide receiver 16 finish. He followed that up with a wide receiver nine finish in the semifinals before delivering a massive 40 plus point wide receiver one performance in week 17 to be the top fantasy scorer on championship weekend. Like you said, 
all the numbers for him uh, across the board were elite. Um, 37 targets over that uh, three-week span, which was second best among wide receivers. 26 receptions was the most. 398 receiving yards, the most. He had two uh, touchdowns, and he had the most PPR points, the most half PPR points, and the most non-PPR points um, for wide receivers from week 15 to 17. And like you said, if you played him, in week 17, you likely won your matchup. If you played against him in week 17, you likely lost your matchup. He was that dominant. So uh, it's hard to argue. CeeDee Lamb is going to be the fantasy playoffs MVP for us. Did you have any uh, anybody that came close um, to, to taking this award from CeeDee Lamb for you? Uh, should we keep talking about Kyron Williams? or? Yeah, not? yeah, he's definitely in there. <laughs> See, they, I, I'm just saying. I know. I'm just saying, I, like, I, I have a feeling by the time we close out this podcast, you're going to be wondering why Christian McCaffrey was ever your pick in the first place. Sure. That's a good call. Yeah. I mean, uh, Kyron Williams, RB3, RB12, and RB1, uh, the third most fantasy points by a running back over the final three weeks of the season. Um, yeah, he's my he was my next closest as well. Um, I also included James Conner in there. James Conner had a really nice stretch there, RB11, and then back-to-back RB4 finishes, fourth most fourth most uh, fantasy points by a running back over that span. And then D- David Njoku as well for, for tight ends. I mean, easily the most points by a tight end in that three week span. And he was tight end two, tight end four, tight end two. Um, but yeah, CD lamb just outscored them all. So um, yeah, hard to, hard not to go with CD lamb. For sure. Um, all right. Next uh, award is our 2023 waiver wire edition of the fantasy playoffs. So we talked about the waiver wire edition of the year. It gets a little tricky here in the, in the fantasy playoffs, because it's only a small stretch of game. So, I went with Joe Flacco of the Cleveland Browns. And this one definitely more for deeper leagues because I don't think there was a lot of like, um, you know, smaller to medium sized leagues that were adding Joe Flacco. But in like super flex, in in deeper leagues, even in dynasty, he was available. You added him to your roster because there's been so many injuries to the quarterback position. And I I don't think you could have expected any more than what Joe Flacco was able to deliver uh, during this final stretch of the season here, especially considering he was not even on an NFL team for the first 12 weeks of the season. His five game stretch with the Browns from weeks 13 to 17 was was a legendary run uh, in itself. Um, But yeah, he started the year with a week 13 or in week 13 with a QB 13 finish. He never finished lower than that from that point on. He was QB six, QB eight, QB three, and then finally QB four in week 17. He was the only quarterback to throw for over a thousand yards from weeks 15 to 17. And his eight touchdown passes over that span tied for the best mark in the league as well. Um, I think if you if you picked him up, you started him, his run not only helped fantasy managers who added him, but He's also on a four-game winning streak in the in the NFL right now, which has helped the Cleveland Browns secure a playoff spot, uh, which is truly legendary stuff from a 38-year-old Joe Flacco. Yeah, did not have Joe Flacco coming <laughs> off his couch uh, to save the season of the Cleveland Browns on my bingo card for the year, but like all of the reasons, all of the reasons you mentioned here. Uh, Joe Flacco is also my pick. I didn't even bother putting like a backup (laughs) pick here because I just think it it is Joe Flacco and and that's about it. He was the overall QB five throughout the fantasy playoffs, averaged, you know, 21 fantasy points per game. What I think is all the more impressive, he did that without a single scramble. A single scramble. Like, do you know how hard it is to 
do all like produce in that manner without supplementing it with any additional like plays on the ground it it's absolutely incredible of course he's a statue in the pocket he's an old man like i i didn't expect him to do it but i just did not expect him uh to post nearly 1100 passing yards in that span just you know tied for a, a league high nine big time throws in that span tied with justin fields like didn't didn't expect it didn't have it on my bingo card but he did help me win a fantasy championship so yes. uh, joe flacco i am a steelers fan sir i hate to see you make the playoffs but it is a real good story and thank you for helping me manage a ship absolutely yeah that's uh that's well said i think even more impressive too like in week 17 doing it against the new york jets defense was just like pretty remarkable stuff there on thursday night but yeah can i tell um, you i almost in in my dynasty league i literally i almost had the gall to trade uh for i was trying to make all kinds of trades i actually considered for a moment trading for bailey zappy so i didn't have to play joe flacco and i didn't do it Ooh, I played I Joe Flacco and I thanked my lucky stars that I did because I was terrified to start him yeah. against the Jets. But hey, that that old revenge game narrative, who doesn't who doesn't love a, a revenge <laughs> game and a smoking hot 39 year old elite passer? Like, come on. It, yeah, he's got this in the bag. Yeah, it was uh, yeah an amazing performance. I, I put a couple honorable mentions, but nobody really came that close to to beating Joe Flacco for me either. I put uh, Zamir White running back for the Las Vegas Raiders. He finished as RB8 over that span. Tucker Craft, tight end for the Green Bay Packers, was tight end eight. Um, Demarcus Robinson uh, of the Los Angeles Rams was wide receiver 12 over that span, but nobody um, performing to the level of Joe Flacco that you could add off the waiver wire uh, in those final weeks. But let's go to uh, another interesting one. This, I mean, you could argue that Joe Flacco could could be the winner for this one as well, but just the five game stretch was what kept him out of it for me. But it is the 2023 comeback player of the year. And for this one, it I went just basically calling it a player who had a down 2022 season, seemingly lost fantasy value and then regained that value with a pretty remarkable 2023. So, uh, Kate, I'll be curious to see who was your 2023 comeback player of the year. So, OK, I my brain has kind of been churning over this question because there are, <laughs> there are a lot of different ways yeah. that you can put it. I thought maybe Baker Mayfield because hello, Baker Mayfield is uh, back in a big way, but I'll say Baker Mayfield never really had a ton of fantasy value. Like <laughs> uh, in dynasty leagues in redraft, he was never really an asset that had a super high upside that made him a must roster kind of guy. So Despite the fact that, yeah, he was he was pretty productive, especially, you know, through like the middle and and he was a a safe asset to kind of close out the year. Um, still didn't see as much of that upside. Um, then I thought Dak Prescott and that was the answer that I put in the show, Doc. But the more that I've like just sat on this, <laughs> I think it's probably got to be Brock Purdy nice. and just for the sake of injury, dude, it knocked out of the postseason. Not you know the the 49ers knocked out of contention uh, for what I think could have been a a, a pretty exciting Super Bowl. We'll see if they uh, manage to get it back there now with that first round bye. But Brock Purdy, it, I kind of thought like 
once he had that elbow injury, once he had the surgery, that that might be the last we see of Brock Purdy. And no, he comes out. I know he he isn't in the running for NFL MVP any longer, but I have to say he was one of the players that I was absolutely avoiding in fantasy leagues across the board. But four top five performances as a quarterback this year, we saw him get uh, some legs on him. Like it wasn't much of a rusher in his rookie season. Um, saw that bounce back in a, a huge way. He, he showed a lot of playmaking ability with his legs, was one of the most efficient passers in the year. I might need to switch my answer to Brock Purdy. Okay. I like it. I mean, Brock Purdy was amazing this year. Like he was definitely one of those sleeper guys that we could have targeted late in drafts. And you'd definitely be very happy with what he was able to do because he actually led all quarterbacks in fantasy points over expected um, by a huge margin. He had 80 fantasy points more than expected where the next closest was Josh Allen with 32. So a uh, near 50 point advantage there as far as uh, over expected. So just, again, just surpassing expectations as Mr. Irrelevant and leading the 49ers here to a playoff spot in the number one seed. And yeah, really nice uh, season for Brock Purdy. I do like that call. Um, I did go with the player that you mentioned uh, in your, in your list here and that you had in there was I, I went with Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys Um I mean, he tied for the league lead in interceptions last season with 15, right? He, he finished the year as fantasy football's QB 18. A lot of people were down on him heading into the year. He was often drafted outside the top 10 fantasy quarterbacks, according to ADP. He had previously finished as a top 10 fantasy quarterback in four of the five prior seasons, including QB two in 2019. But that 2022 season was admittedly a disappointment, right? And um, this season definitely got back to his productive ways um, after it was a relatively slow start, but from week six on, he caught fire posting six top five fantasy finishes over that span, ultimately finishing as the QB four overall, um, despite limited rushing upside as well. Um, and, and interceptions from last season, I, I think, you know, there was reason to be optimistic for Prescott heading into 2023, including guys like CD lamb being one of, you know, being his top wide receiver, which was definitely a big reason to believe in him um, bouncing back this year and being a potential Dark Horse QB1 candidate, which I, I did write that article and got a lot of crap for including Dak Prescott into that one. So um, I do want to use this as like a mini victory lap opportunity here for, for believing in Dak Prescott. But I mean, really just cut his interception total in half this year, basically um, throwing for the most touchdowns on the year. I, fourth most passing yards on the year, second best passing grade, second best overall grade for quarterbacks, um, fifth best fantasy points per game as well. All of that stuff was was outside of a lot of the times of the top 20 in 2022. So loved what Dak Prescott did. He's my, my 2023 comeback player of the year. Very fair. Very fair. Honestly, I think the, the last minute kind of uh, hesitancy there for me, leaning toward Brock Purdy, <laughs> really comes from the injury and the fact that like my yeah. expectations for him coming back from that injury were so, so low, but from a numbers perspective, like obviously Brock Purdy was, was efficient. That wasn't necessarily oh, yeah. a, uh, a statistical comeback for Brock Purdy. It was more of the, uh, emotional and physical comeback from injury that maybe got him that award for me, but boy, oh boy, th there are uh, several good candidates for this award this year. 
Yeah, for sure. I I, I included um, Keenan Allen as a potential runner up here, right? He was wide receiver 37 in, in just 10 games in 2022 and then was wide receiver six through 13 games this year, which was wide receiver three in points per game. I did put Baker Mayfield in there as well. But like you said, what he was, you know, coming back to was more that QB two range, but he was QB 29 in 2022, played for two different teams over that span as well, finished as QB 17 this year. Um, and then the other one that I put that I don't think a lot of people would think about is DJ Moore, because he was wide receiver 25 in 2022, and he played in all 17 games. Like wide receiver 29, 25, not bad, but playing in all 17 games for a player like DJ Moore, you'd expect him to be a bit higher, and then goes to a new team this year, becomes wide receiver 8, um, and set a new career high in receiving yards, receiving touchdowns, receiving grade, and now he only needs two receptions this week to break a career high for uh, reception as well um all on a new team for the first time in his career as well so i wanted to put uh, dj Moore as an honorable mention in there as well totally fair um awesome all right let's go to the last award of the show you and this saved is where the we... saddest award for last i know i know i don't know why i did it but <laughs> I, I guess i didn't want to like mix it in there amongst all the positive but it's just that we'll we'll sneak it in here at the end and it is our most disappointing player of the year, a.k.a. the you were the chosen one um, from Obi-Wan Kenobi being disappointed in Anakin Skywalker. Um, uh, big Star Wars fan, Kate. Uh, I don't know why I no, made that my uh, reference. <laughs> I, I'll say I'm more of a, a Harry Potter girl, okay. so I'll let you I'll let you have this one. But okay. just know that that <laughs> reference was totally lost on me. I um but I, I appreciate it nonetheless. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, this was going to be basically the player that let us down, right? Disappointed us in the way that Anakin Skywalker disappointed Obi-Wan Kenobi at the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith. But um, we're not going to put injury, not going to lean too heavily on injuries, right? Like you could say Nick Chubb, but that that's not fair to him. Um, but yeah, we're mostly going to focus on like average draft position. I think going to play a major part in this award consistently, just not living up to that invest investment. And that's ultimately what's going to decide um, who is most deserving of Obi-Wan Kenobi yelling at them on behalf of fantasy <laughs> managers everywhere. Um, so most disappointing player of 2023 for me has to be running back Austin Eckler of the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, he was 2022's RB1 in full and half PPR leagues, uh, unsurprisingly drafted among the top five picks in most fantasy drafts this offseason, despite coming into the year as a 28-year-old running back, which probably should have been the biggest red flag of them all, but it didn't seem to affect him last year. It, it you know, it looked like the running back cliff finally kind of caught up to Eckler in a big way. He reached career lows and efficiency across the board this season. That led to a reduced workload, really poor investment uh, on a return on investment for fantasy managers who drafted him this year. He did have like a short stretch from weeks eight to 10, where he was able to deliver, you know, the fantasy production that he was drafted for, but really short-lived. He finished outside of the top 20 PPR running backs in eight of his 13 games this year, and then outside of the top 30 PPR running backs in half of those games. So that never happened for him last year. He never finished outside the top 30 PPR running backs, did it four times this year. Um, he also missed three games earlier in the year. Just never looked like the 2022 running back that fantasy managers drafted him to be, and that ultimately became one of 
a few different fantasy disappointments this season, but he is to me, at least arguably the greatest disappointment of them all, considering that that fall from grace and, and the, the investment that fantasy managers um, put into him. How about you? I think that from an investment standpoint, you're probably right. This might be more of an emotional pick for me. I'm going with Damian Pierce running back for the Houston Texans, who I was so high on coming into the season. And he gave us a lot of reasons to be very high on him coming into the season. After all, as a rookie uh, with a hundred among running backs with a hundred more carries in 2022, Pierce worked top 12 with an 84.8 rushing grade, averaged 3.28 yards after contact per attempt, led the league with a 28% missed force tackle rate. And that was all when there were no other threats of offense on the field. Like you knew the play was Damian Pierce and that was about it. Uh, you know, obviously coming into the season, there was also the addition of Devin Singletary, but this is a team that didn't even bother drafting a single running back. Like I thought this was for sure after the, the efficiency that we saw after the situational aspect of like this team, not having drafted a running back. Like I thought for sure that this was Pierce's year. He ranked as the overall RB 54 in fantasy points per game, averages 5.6 fantasy points per game in half PPR formats among running backs with a hundred or more rushing temps had a 64 0.9 PFF rushing grade that was the fourth lowest in that cohort ranked dead last in uh fantasy points per touch uh just 0.49 fantasy points per touch in that span averaged 2.9 yards per carry like he wasn't fully healthy this season but you know based on the expectations he set for me with his efficiency in you know yards after contact and uh ability to you know withstand contact like all of those metrics had me very excited for what could be you know an improved offense in 2023 and it was an improved offense just no thanks to Damian Pierce yeah this was this was definitely a bummer lost his job as well like you said to to Devin Singletary which yeah there there was gonna be the opportunity for him and I think too like just around the guys that he was he was drafted um close to or or even ahead of right like in a lot of drafts going ahead of guys like um Kenneth Walker uh, Brees Hall uh, Jonathan Taylor fell in drafts a little bit it, but um James Conner as well in in that in that range James Cook um guys that really outperformed um expectations this season it, he ended up being yeah a massive disappointment as well so Definitely uh, fine putting uh, Damian Pierce, Pierce in there because he did let us down for sure. There there were a lot of guys that let us down, right? And um, Pierce being one of them, I, I also included as an honorable mention, Patrick Mahomes, um, who mm -hmm. like finishes QB7, right? Which isn't bad, but... He, Compared he was, to draft value, though, you exactly. probably drafted him in the first or second round. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he was easily the, one of the top three fantasy quarterbacks drafted as well uh, with Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen. And then you look where Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen finished this year, one and two. Um, it, it, again, disappointing from Patrick Mahomes, especially that final stretch of the year where just failed to really deliver um, some big fantasy performances when it mattered. 
Uh, Kyle Pitts, I, I put in there. I mean, again, a lot of people were expecting the disappointment for Kyle Pitts, but tight end 14, um, really kind of disappointing there. Uh, and then some of the bigger ones that you'd expect a nicer year from, for me at least, Jahan Dotson, um, who I thought w- was going to be in for a breakout year this year. He finished as wide receiver 54. Uh, and then Jerry Judy, really, really disappointing. I, I just, I'm not somebody that necessarily I was like overly high on, but. I just really didn't do anything. He was wide receiver 53 appeared in, in a, more than enough games to, 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 to deliver, but literally did nothing. Um, so those were some of my, my honorable mentions there. I, I agree with all of them across the board. Um, man, it sucks to close out the show on a, a bad <laughs> note. Is there any, is there any positive note that you want to shout out here before we close out the show, just to uplift our spirits a little bit. We don't want to end and yeah, low, um, on a, on a positive note. So, uh, one of my favorite ways to close out the fantasy season, if a player helped you win a fantasy championship, considering, uh, consider, you know, donating to their favorite charity, uh, or, or their foundation to help support them and give them a, a show of thanks. Maybe you donate a, a little portion of your fantasy winnings, uh, to help honor those who did help you earn that, earn that bag, earn that trophy here in the fantasy playoffs. Uh, just something to, to, you know, end it on a high note. Nice. I, I like that. That that's a great call. Definitely something that we, we could be looking to do and yeah, being a little bit charitable, especially around the holiday season as well. And and considering these players are the ones that helped us win that money as well. Um, it, it's always nice to, to give back a little bit. So yeah, don't think it's going to get more positive of a note than that. So great call Kate. Um, but yeah, that is going to do it uh, for our Fantasy Football Awards of 2023. So thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, Feel free to let us know who your picks are for these awards in in the YouTube comments or on Twitter or something. Mail a letter to my house if you like. Let's talk about it. Um, But yeah, hopefully you enjoyed that because... Since the fantasy season is over, this is kind of where we'll turn our focus to for the next couple of weeks or so. Just some season and review type stuff as we wind down here for for the year and head into to dynasty season and rookie talk post Super Super Bowl and free agent talk and all that stuff that we'll get to eventually. But um, Kate, thank you so much for joining me once again uh, to hand out these awards. And then, it, uh, yeah, always a pleasure. Please let people know um, yeah, where they can find more of you and your work as well. Yeah, give me a follow on Twitter at Kate Majuk. That's Kate M-A-G-D-Z-I-U-K. Uh, feel free to rewind that a few times over in case you missed the spelling <laughs> the first time. Uh, but yeah, uh, over on PFF, uh, dropping on Friday, I've got uh, fantasy lessons we learned also earlier this week, uh, the three biggest disappointments and three biggest surprises uh, here in the 2023 fantasy football season. So be sure to check that out. Nice. Yes, definitely check that out. Um, and then as for me, I'll still be writing up fantasy related articles on pff.com uh, all, all off season long. So be sure to yeah stay tuned as we kind of embrace the off season here. So thank you all again for a great year. And until next time, peace out. Thank <laughs> you.